Hello, hello, hello. And welcome to the Super Spreader Show with Trish. And Susie, we're here to infect you with truth and hope it spreads like a virus. Ooh, sexy voice. <laughs> Smoky voice. Yeah. <laughs> um, welcome to another episode. Um, for us, it is back-to-back recordings. And um, buckle up because... <laughs> We're just going to be throwing all kinds of different stories at you. And um, to be honest, we didn't like totally prep for this one. This is like, you know, our schedules just worked out this way and we have to just kind (laughs) of go with the flow sometimes. And we really appreciate you guys going with the flow with us, too. So what are you pointing at your laptop? I found it. I found the article I want to talk about. Oh, okay. You know what? Go for it. But I wanted to say something else oh, first. When okay. we were when we were talking about smoky voices. Oh. I was watching um the Whitney Houston movie. Oh. Is it new? It came out over the Christmas break, I believe. Right before the end of the year, I think it was out. Okay. And um she was my very first concert I went to in third grade. Whoa. And she sang, How will I know? <laughs> If, if you really loves me, <laughs> say a prayer with every heartbeat. But sounding way better than that. But I remember, I remember that's my first concert. And I've just always loved, you know, I have always thought she has the best voice of anyone I've ever heard sing. Like just no one even comes close to her. Um, and then, you know, she had all of her controversies and yeah. bad, bad decision making yeah. throughout her life. And then the tragic ending mm-hmm. of her life way too early. Um, so I watched it and I mean, nostalgia is a real thing because mm. I watched that movie and all I was doing for like an hour straight afterwards is I was on YouTube just watching all her music oh. videos, watching her sing. I mean, no one sings like her. She really has, has the best, the I best agree. voice of my lifetime, mm-hmm. I would say like, mm-hmm. and, um, yeah, I was just, my husband was in the room and I'm, he's probably like, why am I, why am I hearing the Prince of Egypt? Like, what? <laughs> listening to all her her ballads that she used to sing and when she when she it was her mariah and i was like oh 90s mariah and whitney oh 90s mariah i just Mm -hmm. feel like i just love and jasmine came out there for for a second for me to like braid her hair or something before bed and she goes i wish i was got to grow up in the 80s and be an 80s kid like Mm -hmm. be able to ride my bike anywhere i want and Mm -hmm. i was like yeah i mean yeah just not no, it's it not used to be same. and I and I, I think my heart was, and my emotions were just longing for like an hour of just going back in time because mm. <laughs> the video video was all grainy and then I my favorite national anthem of all time oh. is when she sings it at the Super Bowl back in the 90s and they actually have that clip in the movie so I was like going on there afterwards watching it and just like trying not to cry because you just see like that's when like there was it was everyone we loved, loved America, America. Oh. we were at war <laughs> At that time in the oh, Gulf. okay. And they show the military mm. and everyone's holding flags. And there's nothing about any sort of div- divisive There wasn't two stuff, national anthems. <laughs> and then she, there is a, they do retouch on a subject, which at my age, when she was a big deal, I wouldn't know this kind of stuff. But she was, she got criticism that her music wasn't black enough. Oh. Back when she was releasing stuff, because it was very poppy and like. Mm-hmm. I guess too white for, and I remember, and her answer was, I'm not a black singer. I'm not a black singer. I'm, a, I'm not a white singer. I'm, I'm a singer. Like, wow. I, I just want to sing music, you know? And I, and they show a scene where she's talking to um, Clive Davis mm-hmm. and he was asking her about 
you know, the type of song she likes. Do you like hip R&B? Do you like country? And she's like, I like it all. I like all of it. I just want to sing. So that's, yeah. It was interesting. Ooh. But it's um, Where did you watch it on? I have a... Oh, okay. Never website mind. I use. <laughs> I'm like, because now I'm kind of like, I would like, I would like to watch it. I remember. So I have a funny Whitney Houston story. Um, what is the movie called with Kevin Costner? The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard. So what year did that come out? I was, let me see. Let's look it up. Like 90s, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, when did. There's a clip in the movie the about that. Bodyguard. They show Clive Davis. Uh, she said, I want to start doing movies. Uh-huh. And so then they show a scene where she comes in his office and he's like, okay, I have this movie. He's like, and he kind of like plays it off. He kind of down, down plays it to begin with. Like he doesn't think it's, oh. a, it's a good uh-huh. role for her. And she's like, what's it about? He's like, it's about a pop singer and her, <laughs> and her relationship with a bodyguard. And she, and they both kind of like roll their eyes and she throws it aside and she's all, well, who's the bodyguard? And he goes, Kevin Costner. And she grabs it right. And she's like, you didn't say that. You know? <laughs> That's cute. Oh, I want to watch that so you movie. You need to watch it. Yeah, it's good. Okay, so it came out in 1992. So I was 12 years old, okay? <laughs> and my parents, it's so funny because, side note, I've texted my dad recently, like within six months, and told him um, something that all parents want. And, and it's just full, sincere, like, emotional text to my dad thanking him he would not let me um have magazines in the house like teen vogue or bop like it was very rare if i were able to buy bop was that what bop um Mm -hmm. so he was um i couldn't watch the simpsons we couldn't watch like you know beavis and butthead um true confessions me and my brother though i had a tv in my room and we would watch (laughs) we would watch beavis and butthead and stuff like that like we totally would watch the things that we weren't supposed to but they were very strict in that way and the music and stuff but as all teenagers do you do things behind your parents back so i wanted him to know because it's so mind-blowing that i'm shielding my kids from disney i just think it's like that full circle Mm of i'm freaking taking disney away from my kids and um i just think it's hilarious right because i would be very upset and you know as a teenager and be all annoyed by them but oh you weren't watching the sound of music in high school because that's what i was watching (laughs) you're such a good no i wouldn't even i'm not i will not put on the record what i was anything about high school okay let's fast forward to that (laughs) um so i had texted him and said you know i really thank you for trying to you know protect me and like what my eyes were seeing and listening to and stuff and I said because it's mind-blowing that I'm it's embarrassing and mind-blowing that I'm shielding my kids from Disney and Nickelodeon and all that stuff and and he like texted me back and he was like I really appreciate like you know I don't it was very heartfelt but then he said don't like it's 10 times worse because I, I think I was telling him, like, I'm 10 times worse. I Oh, that's what I said to him. I'm mm-hmm. 10 times worse than you. I'm taking Disney away from my kids, right? And then he acknowledged my thanking him. And then he said, no, you're doing great. The world is 10 times worse. And I went, oh. Okay, that ties yeah. into my Whitney Houston story. So I was 12 years old. 
And I was like the 12 year old that thought she was 18. So I was that 12 mm-hmm. year old. <laughs> and everyone was watching the bodyguard. <laughs> and I was like, I have to see the bodyguard. And they would not allow me to watch the bodyguard. And so um, <laughs> I don't know how or why or whatever, but somebody told them something about the bodyguard and they allowed me to go. And it is not like the best movie like there's a 12 year old for a 12 year old yeah traumatizing i think it's funny that i got to go see the body (laughs) i had to see the body god i think it was probably because they were saying no i was like protesting i have to see the bodyguard now and no i got to see it but but although i shouldn't have seen it at that ripe age of 12 it was a great movie Mm mm-hmm and I mean, I've seen it like even a couple years after that or whatever what, on VHS. I don't know. Um, and I remember like, oh, it was a good movie. Anyways, wow. We were 10 minutes into Whitney yeah. Houston. We yeah, didn't even plan in that. <laughs> so that was a good. Time. There's some other things. I won't I won't ruin it. For, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah, don't Just say that anything. There's some other things you that you didn't know about her. And well, and one thing I will say that's not a big deal, but that I is that she smoked. So. Oh, and how she had that voice, even though she smoked. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's what made me think of it when we were talking about smoky voices. And I do remember last night watching it saying, I want to talk about like the nostalgia <laughs> that I was experiencing. Because I know, I mean, it really mm. is an emotion that we, it's like a defense mechanism sure. or some sort of, you know, band-aid we can apply at times to just mm-hmm. help. That's a good sometimes. thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my. Okay. So my first concert, do you want to take a guess? Let me see. I was in fifth grade. You're a little bit younger, so. So okay. you I was were in like seventh grade. I graduated in 98. When did you graduate? Oh, just a couple years before. 96. Okay. So if I was in fifth grade, you seventh. were in seventh grade. Okay. So what was my first concert? I remember who was seventh grade for me. Oh. Again, it all blurs together in the early 90s. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a long time ago. Uh, it was like back then tlc no no it what was era too. i mean what what like genre if i get if i say i'll give it away okay i'll just tell you yeah just tell me because new kids on the block oh yes are no, i'm just kidding <laughs> new kids on the block in love um actually i was like scary obsessed hmm. <laughs> kids on the block i wasn't in love i was scary obsessed <laughs> they had a fan club i had posters and blankets and yeah, yeah. i was that fifth grader anyways right. that was a nice little yeah you know what i needed that i didn't even know i needed that thank you Susie. sure okay <laughs> just jump right into your <laughs> art i don't even know what your article is about what are we talking about well i'm kind of on a china kick right now oh, just yeah. As you, if you listen to our last episode and probably the last few, I, I seem to bring up China every, <laughs> because, um, again, I mean, the documentary I watched, um, it just makes you more aware of like how much reach they actually have here. And, um, so there's a video we're going to play. That's, um, sorry, I just I saw drinking. it yesterday. Because okay. your phone listens I'm, to you, so I'm it getting up. a lot of China stuff in my algorithm in in Instagram mm, because my phone hears me say you. China so much. I think China, China. <laughs> um, and I also came across an article on Uncover DC, okay, which is the news site for our favorite Dark to Light podcast. 
Um, and there's an article by Wendy Straunch Mahoney mm-hmm. from yesterday. And she said um, that there is basically this DNA Decla- Declaration of North America Agreement quietly passed on January 10th of this year hmm. between Canada, Mexico, and us. Um, the agreement furthers a trajectory that has serious implications for the average American and Americans should pay attention. So then when I read that, I was like, oh my goodness, what (laughs) is this? The underlying implications of fully implementing this politically biased policy agreement are flawed in ways that most Americans may not fully comprehend. Cutely coined our North America DNA, the deal pretends to care about national security and prosperity Instead, it stated, its stated focus is diversity, equity, and inclusion, our favorite DEI, mm-hmm. as the framework for impactful and serious policymaking in education, national security, climate change, health, and industry. So our administration mm-hmm. has signed us into this agreement with Canada and Mexico. Awesome. Awesome. And it already has been largely implemented. Biden and his global globalist pals are just gracing us with their plans after the fact. This agreement drives important policies and programs related to the environment, competitiveness, in quotations, <laughs> the border, health, and re- regional security, in quotations. Americans should pay attention because, in this case, ignorance is not bliss. <laughs> hmm. um, Wait, I can... That's a lie because I'm living blissfully <laughs> not knowing... <laughs> okay go ahead um and there's a there's a video so i'm going to put this article on our show notes because it's pretty um informative and there's lots of information it's lengthy it's very lengthy um and i'll just read you a a couple of the slides that they post and there's a video too that goes with this this particular slide but um the description says joe biden has signed our sovereignty away We need to talk about the Declaration of North America, which I just mentioned, the DNA, and Laura Laura Logan, who's another person in the media that came from mainstream media and is now an independent journalist and has been censored and just, you know, berated by the mainstream media um, for spreading disinformation and misinformation. But she's, you know, a journalist to pay attention to. Anyway, she said, high-level UN source claims globalists plan to bring our bring in a hundred million illegal mi- migrants into the U.S. to dissolve the country into a North American Union. And so there's a, wow. a guy that d- further dives into it. So I was like, scary. Um. Then if you go farther down, there's um. A comment that the government is paying twenty one hundred and twenty five a month in refugee benefits to refugees resettled in the United States. Meanwhile, Social Security recipients who have paid into the system their whole life receive fourteen hundred dollars a month on average. Wow. Will Biden ever put America first? So it's like you, the pro, that, that's that's my whole thing, and I and I said this a long time ago. I'm we both probably said this is that people were so caught up in the whole Trump. Trump, Trump, bad Trump, that we have to just get him out of office, Mm -hmm. that you traded our entire, so like not thinking that when you, when you put a Democrat president in charge, they have, they come with an administration Mm -hmm. and they can put whoever they want on this administration. So we didn't just elect Joe Biden. We elected his complete ideology. um, What is it called? His 
whole cabinet that's literally filled with people who are literally just in these positions because they're either gay, black, what else? Trans. Trans. Mm -hmm. Like none of these people mm -mm. have proven to be capable of doing their job. They're literally just in there so they can say, <laughs> we check the box. Mm -hmm. And it sounds mm -hmm. harsh and no, it's true. you can call me whatever phobic you want to call me. I'm just stating no. <laughs> like you, you don't, you, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. So like, I don't, our, our, you saw what just happened in Ohio that we talked about yesterday and how it's just a mess. And we can play that clip if we want of Tucker, because um, he shows how our transportation secretary, you know, responds to stuff like that. That's happening. It's like a joke to him. Um, well, um, is it on our saved um, I can just send it to you. Send it's, it to I'll me. Free, well, but. because we talked about pothole Pete, Pete yesterday and literally he was the worst. Like, how do you have a nickname pothole Pete and then you get put as the transportation secretary? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just like, so then proof is in the pudding. We don't just say that without proof. Fast forward the Ohio thing happened and then Pete is doing an interview somewhere sitting on a couch and you would think he would talk about the Ohio thing. No, he talks about how uh, construction workers are racist because if uh, if a community of color pick your color um is getting new buildings or new housing or whatever the construction people coming in to build the new homes are typically white and so he is concerned about construction people and that they need to be the same color as the community and so he's worried about that as ohio is literally dying and has no real thing to say about Ohio. So anyways, I don't know if we, yeah, sorry so if I point, said that yesterday. So what I was getting, yeah, and what I, I should finish my point okay. is that, um, so we basically elected an entire administration that doesn't believe in our country's sovereignty Correct. and wants us to buy mm -hmm. into these nation states, which we, we, we've talked mm -hmm. about before. Nation states, they want like 10 of them in the world. It's a globalist agenda. Yep. And so here we have Mexico, United States and Canada, who all share a border, who all, all these people in charge believe in open borders. Mm -hmm. So I just, yeah, you know, don't be surprised <laughs> if one day our country just becomes like part of these other countries. Like, yeah. and you might think I'm crazy and no. overreacting and dramatic right now, but just don't be surprised if that's what happens because they just literally signed an agreement <laughs> with all these flowery liberal terms they like to use that sound fine, but are literally the exact opposite of what they actually do. So, um, yeah, that's, <laughs> you do not sound crazy. You're that's, they have books about it. The great reset. Mm -hmm. Klaus Schwab has a book and this is it. It's open the borders and everybody just mixes with everyone. I mean, that's their agenda. So it's to me, it's not shocking. It's like, duh, that's what, that's what they've, Always oh, said, do you want me to play the Tucker? Yeah, you could. Okay. It's not very, it's like okay. a minute and a half or something. So after all of this becomes public, that the water and the air in and around East Palestine, maybe in the region, could be contaminated, finally, finally, Pete Buttigieg, the Department of Transportation, decided to weigh in, quote, our federal partners at EPA are on site and monitoring indoor and outdoor air quality. Oh, air quality. 
What about water? <laughs> oh, water. What does that have to do with the climate change? Well, it's the one thing you can't do without. After about two and a half days, you die. But they're not even checking the water. They're only checking the air a week after people were let back into their homes. And according to Mayor Pete, the EPA hasn't even screened 200 homes in close proximity to the burn, the burn that wasn't organic or accidental. It, it was authorities burning it. So they just don't care, actually. Could that be clearer? While residents in East Palestine were inhaling toxic fumes, Mayor Pete was joking about the Chinese spy balloon his boss allowed to fly across the country. He's a funny guy. Watch this. I mean, if you look at what the American transportation systems have faced in the last two or three years, partly because of the pandemic, we've faced issues from container shipping to airline cancellations. Mm -hmm. Now we got balloons. That's right. Um, <laughs> so you're completely incompetent, completely incompetent. There's never been a cabinet secretary this flamboyantly incompetent and this so obviously uncaring, almost to the point of evil, if we're being honest about it. And then the little joke at the end, ho, 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 ho. That was Mayor Pete yesterday, nearly two weeks after the disaster in Ohio. Oh, so, so after all of this. Sorry. <laughs> flamboyantly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's flamboyantly evil. So, yeah, we elected, you know, this yeah. whole. Mm-hmm. An administration that has these kind of ideologies. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I am glad you don't have to read mean tweets anymore, which actually you do now because he's back on there. <laughs> which, is so which is just, you know, comes full circle. But yeah, that's why you don't do stuff like that. You vote on policy. <laughs> but anyway, the article goes on, and, you know, it go it it ties into the other things we, we want to talk about where like public-private partnerships and big tech. So it would be short-sighted to admit how the technology and public and public private partnerships lightly referenced in the DNA will make it even more DNA again. The, the, um, is what the, yeah, the agreement I'm talking about, not DNA body DNA. Yeah. <laughs> will make it even more difficult to disentangle a fully embedded globalist framework. The development of AI, the internet and the use of cell phones make it very difficult to unwind policies and programs. Once they become entrenched, many of these programs already are inextricably linked China's security state could be our future. I'll repeat that. China's security state could be our future. And um, there's been videos. There's a video on PragerU that I, that I saw earlier today where there's a Chinese, like, uh, what is it called? Uh, refugee that came here to escape it. And he talks about it. And he talks about how close we are to it and how cities like New York City have already implemented things that are, like, pointing in that direction um, and then we have a video of these people, Chinese um, citizens who have live here now and how they, you know, what they have to do to protect their families back home. And then um, they talk about in the article, it uses technology to track and monitor its citizens with almost complete control of its citizens. Some countries are implementing digital health passports, which the World Economic Forum is talking about. And I mean, that's what you have to understand is this administration is 100 percent on board with World Economic Forum. They go there, yep. they send leaders there, um, Trump, hate, love them or hate them. But when Trump went, he like, he did not cower to them. Like, mm -mm. I mean, I understand he has a lot of issues and, and things that you may not agree with, but when in situations like that, you know, with, with geopolitics and making sure like our country is not pushed around by these unelected organizations that want to run everything. That's when you need an asshole to be in charge. Yep. Who's not going to put up with it. 
Um, so anyway, yeah, it goes on. I mean, they talk about global entities like the UN and, the, and UNESCO. They're already inter- intertwined um, in, in this agreement, like of how it's all going to play out. And um, yeah, I just, I just want people to be aware of how all of this is like going on while we're like looking at like UFOs and balloons, you know, that those are just what you kind of like what you were saying, like false flags, because there's a lot of other stuff yep. at play right now going on. And none of us, no one's like even realize it, either realizes it or notices it because they're distracted by what the media puts out. Just look at what the media covers right now and how they talk about the balloons. And yeah, I don't know. Yes, yeah, like what it's are they talking about? Not good for us. I know that. Like we're we are not heading in the right direction with the people in charge right now. That's good for <laughs> the American people. If you believe in you know your own country's sovereignty and putting it first. And Elon Musk was even mm-hmm. on a video where he was speaking at like a world mm-hmm. gathering, or whatever, and he was talking about the danger of globalist um, structures and like being a one world government and what that leads to. And how civil, civilizations, you know, you have people go into power, go out of power, and it all, like, has worked its way out. Yeah. And kept, you know, the world going. And now you have these people that just want to rule everyone from one perch. Do you want me to play the video of the yeah. Chinese people? So they're being interviewed? Yeah, yeah, just play it. They're outside mm-hmm. in a mask. Okay. Yeah. So let me tell you why we wear masks. It's not because of the virus. We cover us because we don't want our face to be recognized by the CCP. Because our parents, our sisters, brothers, our relatives are in China. CCP will threaten them if they recognize our face. Wow. That's the reason. So the reach of the Chinese Communist Party is so long that you have to cover your face because of the threat that it poses to your loved ones. Yeah. They threat our parents, our sister, brothers, because we talk in America, in Canada. Yeah. Wow. That's why. Yeah. I'm not saying every Asian person walking around with a mask is doing (laughs) it for that reason. No, but but they had signs that were um, there. So it's an Asian woman, an Asian man, and they both have masks on and they're holding, um, they're exposing China. Yeah. So they have signs and um, it looks like a stack of papers that they're probably handing out, exposing things that are happening in China. <laughs> and she's like, we wear a mask because they're seeing our face and, and a thousand family, a thousand percent. They, they have us. They know where we are. Yeah, so, yeah, they're spying on us, just like the government is admitting at this point. And I think that um, they're well aware of what they're doing and what they can get away way with, and that we, this especially this administration right now, isn't doing anything about it. No. They think it's funny that, like, we're just both doing it, mm-hmm. and it's just how it is. Like, that's how they've been responding to mm-hmm. that. And you're like... Well, that does not make me feel better. And like Senator Kennedy just said, lock your doors. Like we really, you know, we're not as safe as everybody wants to believe we're safe. We are are here. And like, I believe they're just playing a long game. They don't need to come in right now and Mm -hmm. do much. Because they're just having fun. We're doing a lot of it to ourselves. Yeah. 
<sighs> Are you done with China? <laughs> For now. For now. Do you want to jump into abortion or the um co- uh the shots for kids? It's all <laughs> I know. Hell in a handbasket, so. Well, let's jump into the abortion topic. <sighs> yeah. Real fast. Um Elizabeth Johnston on Instagram. I love mm-hmm. I love listening to her and she posts things and she has abortion like the way the dictionary would break it up. And it says noun. And then it gives the definition and it says Abortion, when a baby gets the death penalty for someone else's actions. I don't know. Yeah. I thought that was a good way to go into. You could talk about it, and then yeah. we have a video. Well, and I that reminds me. I want to talk about something else that just happened. Um, so my, I got a text from my daughter mm. just randomly a few days ago in the middle of the day. So she's in class. I'll just read it because I can't remember it word for word. <laughs> And it's funny because I responded to her yesterday at school with a response. And I'm going to share share with you my response because information is power. <laughs> and we're all here to like help each other out. <laughs> so in case you find your own child or yourself in a conversation, I have a an answer for you that you can share that you may not know about. Um, let me find her. Um, so she's texted me and she says, how is abortion allowed when the 14th Amendment exists? Like... Oh, a person can't be deprived of their life, but let me kill that baby real quick. Like, that's what she said yeah. with her, with like, crying. And so I responded to her, and I said, well, some people don't see preborn babies as human. So it's a moral thing. And I told her straight out, it's child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. It re- and it did. I, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that's what my daughter is going to know about abortion, mm-hmm. that she's not going to be told, you know. Um, and there's a whole other, like, unsettling um, feeling I have about how that issue was dealt with at my child's school, but that's not my point. My point is, is that I sent her a response and, um, I also had taken away her phone. So she didn't get it because I forgot oh, we took away her it. phone because she was, I said, why didn't you respond to me? She's like, you guys took my phone away oh. the other day. And I was like, oh, that's right. <laughs> so shoot, she's going to have to, she has her, I'm going to bring her her phone today. Oh, um, good. And I want her to, to tell her teacher my response that I showed her. But I will share it now okay. because um, I said, why don't you, ex-, and we have talked about this bef- pretty recently and reference this video. And I'm just going to play, mm-hmm. I just like screenshotted just yeah. that p- part about it. And I said, you can explain the difference of negative and positive rights to your teacher. Abortion is a positive right because in order for a woman's right to abort the baby, the baby must be killed. Just because something is legal doesn't mean it is moral. We as Christians, because that's what we are, um, we must always do what is morally right. And so then I sent her this clip, and we already played this video and referenced it, but it's just the one little snippet of it. And in case you didn't see that episode or you're tuning in for the first time, um, there's a speaker that was at an event for the Santee YMCA who allowed a man who identified as a woman to use the lock, women's locker room at the YMCA um, and exposed him, his genitals to an a, a underage mm-hmm. female. And so this is a night where they came and um, protested about that and a local councilman um, from the area gave this speech and he brought up this very interesting um, take on it that I had not heard okay. of. And so I wanted you okay. guys here. So I'm just going to play it from my phone and okay. put it out the speaker. 
with regard to rights. There's two types of rights, negative rights and positive rights. Negative rights is what we as Americans ascribe to as God-given rights, natural rights. It doesn't cost anyone anything for me to come up here and speak my mind. I don't have to take anything away or someone doesn't have to lose something for me to have the freedom of speech. A positive right, on the other hand, someone has to lose something in order for that person to have that right. And that's what's happening here at the YMCA with these policies from the state of California. Women and children are losing their privacy in order for a grown man who says, I'm a woman, to be able to use that locker room. They are losing their privacy, they are losing their innocence, and they are losing their safety. So that's, I think, you know, how mm-hmm. you can approach someone because the left is all about rights, rights, rights. It's our right. It's our right. And then they'll come back and be like, well, you believe in the right of this and that. And, and so you have to, like, approach it with them and be like, just because something is legal, just because a woman has a legal right to do to do this doesn't mean it's morally okay and it, that it should be done. You have to approach it from, you know, and then that's the problem is if people don't have morals, if they don't share your morals and they don't. Uh, view the baby as a human when it's inside um, the mother's womb, then that's, you know, you you have to agree to disagree with them, I guess. Yeah. They're just not going to see it, you know, the mm-hmm. way you, a moral person sees it. But I mean, that's how you have to approach that argument. And um, yeah, I just want her to be equipped to understand the difference between you're not taking away the fact that they have the right to do it. That's not the point. The point is it's a negative, it's a positive right where someone has to die. The baby's or something has to be sacrificed. Some right, other right has to be given up. So the baby in this case, in an abortion case, the baby dies so that the woman has the right <laughs> to choose, you know, mm-hmm. from what the left wants, you know, her to have. And again, I will say this, that, you know, they always like to say it's health care, but there's nothing healthy or caring about it. That's how I always respond to that one. Um, but yeah, so we have a video of there's there's some policy going on in the state of California, which unfortunately is trying to be an abortion sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And despite the fact that other states, um, when Roe v. Wade was overturned, started to pass stricter abortion laws, um, California is, um, there's a bill that's coming through. And if it passes, it's going to require all California um, funded universities to supply abortion pills on their campuses. And I had put that on our story. And it's like, you learn to like, when you see, you know, a post like that and the phrasing like that, you're like, so California provides and you're like, so provide, Oh, that means taxpayer funded. So we're paying for that. We're paying California. We'll be paying for abortion pills to be not, not for our, for the education on colleges to have, you know, maybe, maybe have a, 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 um, what's it called? A class or a speaker come and talk about, um, like all the things that can go wrong, you know, when you're, being sexually promiscuous or, you know, forget about that, right? We're, that's what we're going to be paying for is to kill an innocent baby after the fact. Like that's the priority of our education system here in California. Yes. Or we play the clip. So, yeah. So just in case you've already heard, CVS and Walgreens plan to sell abortion pills, mifeprestone at pharmacies after FDA rule change. And this is why it should matter to you. 
Walgreens and CVS will sell a prescription abortion pill, Mifepristone, after the FDA this week dropped a long-standing rule that prevented drugstores from doing so. Why are they doing that? Decision by the two largest drugstore chains in the U.S. will significantly expand access to different states where abortion is legal. The companies cannot offer the pill in states that have completely banned abortion in the wake of the Supreme Court. However, that's not true. 20 states are actually getting ready to sue CVS and Walgreens because they're going to be mailing those abortion pills in states where abortion is illegal. That's right. Attorney generals in 20 conservative-led states have warned CVS and Walgreens that they could face legal consequences if they sell abortion pills by mail in those states. A letter sent on Monday, on Wednesday from Andrew Bailey, the Republican Missouri Attorney General to the nation's largest pharmacy dispensing company. Uh, companies was co-signed by 19 other attorney generals. There are already online activists saying that they will be mailing this to anyone that wishes to get them via mail. That's why I am teaming up with Students for Life. Please sign the petition down below. We need to put an end to this immediately. We are contacting legislators, letting them know, please do not allow this over-the-counter and melon abortion pills to go out. Sign below. We need about a thousand signatures. Thank you, guys. I have so much to say about that. Well, and I was just, I'll quickly say, I'll put a link. Um, I signed it. I went to his... Mm-hmm. This was on Instagram. It's informed with Anthony mm-hmm. is the handle. And I went to his link and I signed it. Um, you just put your email and your name, first name, email. And Super easy. Yeah. And I haven't got, I mean, I don't, it's not, I haven't gotten any junk mail from anyone after doing that. Like it's not okay. like a scheme. Okay. Um, so I'll put the link where you can just click it and sign it. Cause a thousand signatures isn't very much. But can you imagine t- like, Tell me how bad this can go. <laughs> like, they're mailing abortion pills. Okay? I'm just, my. this is where my brain goes. This will have to be our last topic for today. Because I got to go get the kids. <laughs> um, I mean, can, like, people crush it up? You know what I mean? Like, it's, and put it into drinks. And make women have abortions as in like, what, what if they're six months pregnant that they want? And I'm just like, I guess the, the most common one would be like the husband doesn't want it. Right. And then you crush up a bunch of abortion pills and then you give it to your wife. Right. And then Mm -hmm. you have the miscarriage or, Mm -hmm. you know, or you have that scared teenager who now is showing you know, at five months pregnant or whatever, you know, because maybe you're in denial for a bit, you know, you're a teenager and then you take the pills because aren't the abortion pills for early on, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. and I've heard horror stories oh, yeah, from people I know. And no, things go wrong. Yes, no. People die and bleed out. And, yeah. and they they said it was the most horrible experience, right? Um, And this was like, eight weeks pregnant like super early on but if i'm just saying if that five month pregnant teenager had the pills chose not to take them and now takes them at five months pregnant like what like i i am not i i don't know i don't know anything about abortion pills but i'm just saying wouldn't that you start labor right even if you're five months pregnant abortion pills are abortion pills like can you imagine like yeah. a f- baby, a full, like five months pregnant. 
you're going to be traumatized. Well, and, uh, and yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I, I, I'm thinking while you're saying this, um, do you really think that the pharmaceutical companies would allow, would be agree to this if they knew they were going to have to be liable for anything? <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, this something bad happens to you. You're, you're, it's on you. And the pharma and the pharmacies and the pharmaceutical companies know that if you're stupid enough to do that, to go get a pill online and have it mailed to you, that you're not going to be smart enough to go be able to go after them for it either. Like you are on your own. I'm just, laughing because know that like it's like a nervous laugh. Yeah, that is so oh, disturbing. That's the first thing that I thought of when I read this is like, oh, what could possibly go wrong here? Like I, and that's the whole thing that we always talk about is the the left never asks the question, but then what? They are so hell bent on getting their narrative and getting things, um, their boxes checked that we're providing women's health care for everybody. Everyone has the ac- right, you know, the right to access health care. That's all they care about. And they don't ask the question of, huh, what do you think could go wrong if we start dispensing abortion pills in pharmacies and then they're mailing them out and there's no regulate, like what's the regulation? How is this being controlled? How is this not fostering, you know, a pill farm or like people that, you know, I don't know. There's so many like things that you just like, do you know? Do you ask those questions or are you just trying to like check your box and be your little, you know, women's healthcare activist? They they all know. worship sa- Satan. Yeah. I don't ever say that right. I'm from California. I always say Satan. Yeah. I forget that T. Satan. <laughs> Satan. Um, just putting that out there. So if I ever say it, I'm, I'm aware of it. Yeah. They worship Satan. <laughs> and um, end of story. End of story. If you worship him. What? Like, I mean, still kill and destroy. But I mean, this is the same party that, you know, thinks a 13 year old knows that it's fine. That can make that decision to change their, their, their gender. I mean, you're talking about eight year olds. Yeah. Like it's, well, yeah, it's, like, it's less than 13. Right. But yeah, I'm thinking of like when you get your period, like, oh but yeah, no, 12 year old, you know, they're getting, girls are getting their periods even younger. And mm-hmm. if something happens and, you know, they take this thing. I am just. Who knows? Uh, my brain lord have mercy on us i don't well, my brain is not stopping i Just don't about even this. know what's gonna happen to our country if this keeps escalating well i do because we just read isaiah and bsf oh, yeah. so i mean god is gonna destroy us yeah that's what's gonna happen he's Poke the bear it's not the land it's the people mm-hmm. and he's gonna purify the, his land because us people jacked it up yeah just like isaiah we were taken to like we were talking about that today, like everyone, and you know, not everyone was on board with what was happening, right? But they, they got persecuted, yeah. And so I was like, oh Lord, yeah. but at least now we have Jesus, so I know I'm going to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, should we end it on that <laughs> note? <laughs> Just gonna come and destroy us. <laughs> have a good day, guys. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your day. <laughs> Sorry, no. I mean, note. we always try to explain like we're not doing this to be gloom and doom um, with no, you know, hope, <laughs> but just, you know, you need yeah. to be just be aware of stuff. Start yeah. asking those questions and start connecting dots. And, you know, we got to do what we can. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a silent majority out there that just needs to not be so silent anymore. That's all. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say, well, you, like are <laughs> you are not alone. You're not alone. And 
You've been listening to the Super Spreader Show with Trish and Susie. You can find us on our website, superspreadershow.com, Anchor FM, Spotify, Instagram, and True Social. And please share us with your family and friends and be a super spreader of truth. Woo! Woo! I got it all out. (laughs) Dang, that was amazing. Thank you. And bye.